How are you? We're doing good in Kensington. My wife and I are here today, and I'm really glad that Lori's able to be here with us. She's uh, continuing to fight that cancer, and uh, so that's good. That's good. It's going to stay with us, but we're going to continue to fight it. The, the way we, uh, we're fighting it has changed a little bit, and uh, so it's still good. Still good. So that's a good thing. Um, I had a dream about a month ago, and I was coming to Crossing to preach. And uh, I forgot one thing when I was coming, and I was coming up to the pulpit, and I said to myself, darn, I should have prepared a message. (laughs) And all of a sudden, everybody's looking at me, and my mind's going, oh, no. And Scott Brubaker says to me, Joe, why do some people make it and some people don't? And I kind of was, you know, think, thinking about that. And, and, and then I woke up and, uh, and I think a lot of it was because of kind of a stress that I've been having. Uh, I had a couple of guys that were really doing well, well, well. And in the same week, they both returned to heroin. And uh, I don't know if you understand heroin, but <clears throat> once you get that in you, it, it like just takes over your mind to just say, I just got to find my next time that I use. And one of the guys is supposed to call me today. He's in a rehab now. So I'm really, really glad for that. The other uh, other guy, I think, is still denying that I'm struggling with it. But I I had to take some actions with them. And uh, it it kind of, it did. It's breaking my heart to see them back in that situation. and, And the question of, how do you stay on it? And uh, one thing I know, Jesus loves me. And that's the, the, that's the real thing. And that's what I, that's what I really want to look at today. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, last weekend, we had a funeral for my aunt and uncle. Uh, my uncle died about 10 years ago. My aunt died uh, about a year ago. And they decided they wanted to have a, a time in the spring. So uh, we got together with our family. That's... Uh, my family, our family, and my uncle's family, or his side of the family. And um, I kind of was thinking of the book of, Fe- of Ephesians and uh, realized that my uncle, um, he was the editor of the New York Times. So he had a, you know, kind of a, a place of responsibility. And the thing that um, you probably won't get, uh, he, two of his friends were John, uh, Jack Carrack, and Allen Ginsberg, and they really shaped a lot of our philosophy today and in, in a negative way uh, for the United States. There are numerous times I've uh, tried to share with my aunt and uncle, and uh, they didn't uh, come to the way I believe in the Bible and, and Jesus Christ. So I want to look at the book of Ephesians, and uh, that's what I want to look at today. So if you want to open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians... And let me just pray as we start. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this time together. I thank you for your uh, grace that you've given us. Lord, guide us as we look at this book and look at a, uh, a contrary lifestyle, but the, the Christians were living a different life. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for uh, your word and uh, use it to guide us and direct us. We just thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Here it is. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to go through verse 14. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were at the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. It starts out with Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And as I look at Paul, um, he was saved on the road. He was going to persecute Christians. And all of a sudden, a light appeared and God was there. And he realized that he was persecuting the church. And he was the guy that was going out and, 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 and harassing them and bringing them to order and those types of things. And I kind of think of myself in that same way. Uh, I, I kind of, when I was very young, I went to church and I learned enough about church to learn some of the things about church. And one of the things I learned about church is if you were a Christian, if somebody punched you in the face, you should... Turn the other cheek. So when I got older, uh, the Jesus kind of uh, revolution was happening. And uh, there was this Jesus freak church. And my friends were saying, hey, why don't you come here with us? And I said, sure, let's go. And as I said, sure, let's go. I said, listen, they claim to be Christians. So when we go to this church, let's see if we can get in a fight. And if you punch them in the face, they... Turn the other cheek. Good idea? (laughs) I'm glad I'm not coming like the old me isn't coming here today. But the deal is, is when I got to the church, they had free stuff and things like that. And somebody gave me a a, a little track and a Bible. And I went home that night. And that night I prayed to receive Jesus Christ. Same thing with Paul. He was on the road. He was doing things. He was running life. And when we're on the road, 
There needs to be a point in our life where we say, hey, wait a minute. This is who God is. So, and really, it's the, it's the will of God that came to me. It wasn't like, hey, I was out searching for God. I was like think, living life and I was on the road. So, that's, uh, that's as, as I look at that. And then it says, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God the Father and, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is it written to? God's holy people. The faithful in Christ. Are you the faithful in Christ? Are you God's holy people? We just had communion. And sometimes when I come up to communion, I say, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I, you know, I had a fight with my wife before on the way now. You know what I'm saying? Like those thoughts come into my, my brain. And, and, you know, it says to check your heart, check your mind, to say, hey, these are the things that, that I shouldn't be doing. And, and sometimes as I look at myself, I say, you know what? I am not that holy Joe. I'm not that guy that gets everything right. I'm a guy that misses a lot of times. And so as we look at that, you say, wow, is this really me? And, but who calls us that? Paul was calling them that, and God was calling them that. We just had communion. I am holy. I'm holy because of grace. The grace and peace, because a, a guy asked me in Bible study, he said, Joe, Joe, what is the difference between grace and mercy? And uh, I said to him, Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. And mercy is not giving you what you do deserve. And we, we began to talk about that and say, you know what? There's a lot of things that I deserve because of my sin. But there are a lot of things that God gives me because of his grace. So the Father gives them to me. What was Ephesus like? Ephesus was a major trade route. It was, a, it was a crossroad. So in Ephesus, there was a lot of people that had money. There was a lot of uh, various cultures that came together. There was idol worship. And as I look at that, I look at the, the, the main goddess in Acts chapter 19. Uh, Artemis was the goddess that they worshipped in Ephesus. And she was a goddess of beauty. And, and, and they, they would go up and they would worship her on the hill. And, uh, and, and, and what happened was, is Paul had come there and was preaching in Ephesus. And when, when he came there, he began to, to talk about it. And then the people that were making money off of making articles that would be used as idols were starting to feel a hit in their pack pockets. And pretty soon they were like, they raised up and they said, let's get rid of this guy because he is disrespecting our God. And pretty soon, not only disrespecting our God, but he, he, he's wrecking our culture. And Paul came in and, and, and he was there and he was, he was looking and he, uh, 
the people came and, and, and rose up against him. The, the, that was the Greek goddess. The Roman goddess is Diana that was, was really similar to her, but the, the, the similar type of thing. And the thing is, is really the key thing that I learned about Diana is that there was a pit in Ephesus. And, and this, is, this is what really gets me, is Ephesus, the name of Ephesus means desirable. And so if you had a child in Ephesus, and that child wasn't right in any way, what you would do is take the child alive and throw it in the pit because it was not desirable. And you know, a lot of times, as you look, is that pit, uh, and, and as they did the uh, work on that pit, they looked at in the pit, and they, I don't know how they did it, but they were, they were able to realize that those children that they threw in the pit were alive when they went in, and they found deformities in the bone and those types of things to show that these were children that were thrown away because they weren't desirable. So if I, if I had, like, the name Ephesus is desirable. And if I had one word to say about Ephesus, it was desirable people. You know, if I had a, a word to say, in a sense, about my uncle, he was a desirable people. He had a, a place of prestige and, and those types of things. But I realized that even if you are desirable, each one of us falls short. And there are times in our lives when we feel like, you know where I should be? I'm not desirable. I should be in that pit. So that's what, as I, as I look at Ephesus, that's kind of what I look at it. It was a culture and it was a people that, that wanted to be desirable. And it says this. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with some... No, a few? No. No. Praise who has in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Who blessed you? You can say it. God blessed us. What's in your wallet? What's in my wallet isn't in my, that what's in my wallet. It's I possess every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's my possession. If I am saved, if I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I have every spiritual blessing in Christ in me. Every spiritual blessing? When did he do it? either when I received him or from creation, as we'll see. And where is your bank? It's in heaven. I think that's a secure place. Why did he bless me? It doesn't say in this verse, but I look at grace. Because there's nothing that God said, hey, I should bless you because you're good at this or you're good at that or you're really smart or you're really good looking. No. It's by God's grace. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, 
He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will and to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. As I look at this, it starts out with, it says, for he. The he is from God our Father, from our Heavenly Father. Now, as you look at a father, and as I look at being a father, there's, there's times I realize that I've fallen short. As I've fallen short as a father, you know, I just look at things, and sometimes you spend too much time in ministry, and sometimes you spend, you know, you don't have the right focus. And, uh, you know, I look at my father, and I say, you know what, he, he's fallen short too. You know, my father was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. So I could have a wrong view of a father. But the deal is, is our Heavenly Father is looking at us and he wants the best for us. In this verse, it says that we are chosen. And that's a kind of a neat thing. Bill and I used to do this thing uh, when we'd play baseball. Sometimes we used to play uh, baseball against crossing. We'd get a group of guys out, and you guys would get a group of guys out. The first time, you guys really smeared us. You guys were hitting it like <laughs> way out to the street almost. But the thing is, that w- what you realize is, why do you play baseball? Well, is it to win? It's kind of to have fun. So when Bill and I would began to choose teams, usually you choose from the, the best guys to the worst guys. And so we both knew that we just wanted to have fair sides. So we started to choose different. We started to choose. Well, we'd get everybody together and we'd start choosing from the worst players. And then a couple of them. And then to not the best, but then some guys in the middle. And then some, you know, guys a little below that. And then lastly, we would choose the the best guys. Well, I'll tell you this. When you saw the, the, the younger guys, the guys that weren't so good in baseball, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah, pick him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they realized that they were chosen. And sometimes I don't realize that, you know what? God picked me. Each one of us, as we come to communion, part of my realization is it's not because of anything me, but it's because that God has what? picked me. He chose me. He chose me. When did he choose me? From the creation of the world. Before before this world was created, God chose me. He chose me in him. He adopted me into his family. I changed from one family to another. I look at my friend David. My, David, my friend David worked with us to start Cornerstone a number of years ago. He moved to Boston, uh, not Boston, uh, Buffalo, and he adopted a little girl. And he had four children of his own, and he adopted a little girl. That girl became part of their family. He went to Ethiopia, and they decided they wanted to get a second little girl. And so while they were in Ethiopia, or they went to Ethiopia yeah, to adopt a second little girl, And uh, as they were there, they said, wait a minute, she has a brother. And so it was like, okay, two for one deal. So he got a second little girl and a little brother. 
And then they said, before you leave, her, their sister, who is 15, is going to be out of the agency next year. And nobody has adopted her. And if you're out of the agency, that means you go from 16, 15 years old to 16. And at 16 years old, you are out on the street. And you're doing anything that you need to do to make money so that you can live. So they uh, went back. They had to wait till the next year and go back and adopt her. And then he came to work back with us in, in Philadelphia. He started a church, a, a replant in South Philadelphia. And two of the parents that were there with uh, Malaysian children uh, said, hey, could you watch our son and daughter for a little while? Because DHS is going to take them away. So what did they do? They took them in, and then the, they couldn't work it out, and then the mother just moved away, the father moved away, and all of a sudden, now they just uh, adopted those two little children. So a little family of ten, <laughs> but they're adopted. You know, it, it is so neat to see this family. There, there's <laughs> every color in the rainbow there. They're all adopted, but they're part of the family. You know, Eob, the, the little boy that, that got adopted, he said, Dad, don't worry about it. Don't worry about your retirement because I'll take care of you. Like, what the heck? You know? And he's, a smart, he's, he's smart as a whip. He, went to, he, he, he got into a couple programs, but he, uh, he's in college now. And grow up, you know, from a little boy, he's in college now, and he, he got, you know, a full ride. And then he also has some other money that came in on that, and it's like, he said, Mom, uh, I don't know what to do with all the money. <laughs> she said, hold on to it, because, like, like, he got a lot of support on the beginning side, so she said, when it comes to finishing your education, you're going to need that. But the aspect for them, I was feeling like, here, I am part of this family. I, I am I, I'm an integral part of this family, and it, it's such a blessing to me. You know what? I'm adopted into God's family. Sometimes I don't feel like, hey, I really belong, but you know what? God says, I want you in. You're adopted. You're part of a new family. Why? For his pleasure. You know when we celebrated communion today? That was God's pleasure. We were together in his pleasure. He was happy. Let's go on here. In him, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and earth under Christ. In him we, are, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the, will of his, with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. In the Son. In the Son. 
as I look at this part, this is the first part is what God gives us. The second part is what Jesus Christ gives us. This is what I have in his son. All right. These are the, the, the this incredible inheritance that I have. And in his son, I have redemption. Redemption. Redemption means that he paid the price for a couple of my... No, wait. He paid the price for all of my sin. He paid the price for every sin that I ever did. You didn't mean to not pay your... What do you call it? Your, your, your registration. Did he pay the price for that sin? Did Jesus Christ pay the price for that sin? Yeah. All of my sin? I made a deal with God when I was first a Christian. I said, God, I realize that you died for all of my sin, but I want to do something that you really don't want me to do. So I'm going to do that. And if there's any problem with that, I'll bear the consequence. I'll bear the consequence. Can I, can I say that to God? I can't say that to God. Because what did he die for? All of my sin. All of my sin. God died for every sin that I ever committed. God paid the price for it. So I can't say like, okay, you're redeemed for this much, and then I got this much on my own. Is When I'm in Christ, I realize that there isn't one thing that I have in him that is not paid for. So as I look at myself, I am redeemed. I'm forgiven. What does it mean to be forgiven? When I'm forgiven, there's an aspect in, 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 in Hebrews uh, chapter 8, verse 12, where it says that I will remember your sins no more. Does God forget about our sins? You're like, okay, all right. I, yeah, that was a long time ago. A lot of times at church when, when somebody has done something, they'll, they'll do like the disappearing act, and then they'll, you won't see them for a while, and then all of a sudden in our church they'll just kind of pop back up, and you won't remember what the thing was that they, they, they did. And, uh, and so you just forget. You know, I have my keys on a big loop because they always go on my belt because I forget. It's a haphazard thing. I just, oh, I left them there. I left my cell phone. Where is it? I always keep it on my belt because I don't want to lose some of those things. All right. God doesn't forget. It's an act of his will that I will remember them no more. I won't come back to them. So the deal is, is God, in his forgiveness, he paid the price for us, and he, he will remember them no more. There are, there's a mystery of his will that means God has a plan for us. It's his plan for us. Building a house, I'd love to have a plan. If you just start building without a plan, it doesn't come out too good. When you're building, you're saying, okay, this is, these are the things that need to be a part of this. I love, I love the aspect. I remember uh, hearing about Paul Hatfield that helped build this sanctuary and, uh, and kind of oversaw it as it was happening. 
And some of the things in building this is, is, hey, you know what? Crossing should be a place that you can come in and worship. But it should also be a place where you can come in and play basketball. You shouldn't play basketball or games in a sanctuary, should you? Why not? You know, that's one thing that we took with our church, but it's a plan. And here's the deal is God has a plan because this was a mystery that we should be a church, but God had a plan for us to be the body of Christ. Let's go on to the next part of this passage. And in him, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You know what I see here is in the first part, it was God the Father. In the second part, it was God the Son doing this. This is all part of my inheritance in Christ. And in the third part is his Holy Spirit working inside of me. It's, it's, it's inside of me. It's not just God on the outside, but it's, it's on the inside. I didn't have to be someone for God to save me. I didn't have to be anybody special But God chose me to be special in him. I am in Christ. I am special in him. I'm marked with a seal. You know, how do you know when this is your cow or this is my cow? What they do to cows is do what? They brand them. They brand them. They they put a mark on them so that you can know whose is who. It's an identification or ownership. In Philly, uh, we don't have to put um, marks on our cows. Uh, What I do have to do is put marks on our trash cans. Because, I, I, you know, like, our trash cans were disappearing. And it's just like, where can our trash cans go? We put them out, and then there's, you know, ten out, and then there's seven. And then... You know, so finally I marked all of our trash cans and, and I, I'm walking home from church one day and I look on somebody's porch and there it is, Cornerstone Community Church. I'm like, knock on the door. It's like, hey, you got my ca- trash can. It's like, oh, uh, uh, well, what am I supposed to do with my trash? I'm like, I don't know, but that's my can. I'm taking it home. Yeah, I said, you want me to leave the trash? No, 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 take it with you. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, is that the mark of that Holy Spirit is what, how God marks us. And it's like, that is mine. That is my possession. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. It marks us into God's possession. And even if I'm filled with trash at times, no, Christ forgave all that stuff. But God forgives us. He has his marked Holy Spirit. And, and that is a guarantee. Of our inheritance. These are the things. And as I look at that. And as I look at communion today. I I come back with. These are the things. That I'm glad of. And sometimes I I look at communion. And say you know what. I struggle with the sin in me. But you know what I'm thankful for. The God 
that redeemed me and who I am in Christ. Who I am in Christ. I just want to close with uh, a little card my son gave me. You know, because as a father, I wasn't a perfect father. And uh, with my son, uh, he gets up early one day of the week. Every Thursday, we meet together. And I drive halfway, and he drives halfway, and we meet together. And one of the things that, that, that I've been learning is, is really to focus my, my life and, my, and my who I am. Because who I am is a part of Jesus Christ. So my son, as we, after we were studying for a while, he, he gave me this card. And it says this. Once you were... Colossians 1, 21 and 22. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your own minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that means something to me because he went home and wrote about that. And uh, on the back side of the car, it says this. Because of Christ and his redemption, I am completely forgiven and fully pleasing to God. I am totally accepted by God. See, the the one thing I I just need to know, you know, as I start out and say, the only thing that can really make me make it is my relationship with Christ. I need to know that God loves me. He's loved me since the foundation of the world. Does it matter what people think? No, not not at first. Yeah, you want to be right with people. But the thing is, is how I need to see myself is, that child of God, that, that person that God loved so much that he gave his son for me, that I can be his, that he can have joy in me, that he can have relationship with me. You know, and if there's anything that's going to keep me from going off and, 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 and it's because of that father, that son, that spirit that all together love me. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank you, Lord. Father, as, uh, as this is what has been important to me right from the beginning, but really not understanding. Not understanding, Lord, at times that you are redeemed. You paid for every sin. From the foundations of this earth, you loved me. Father, we covered a lot of territory here but we realize that you are the good God. You are the lover of our soul. That Jesus, you love us, and that's why you gave your life for us. Lord, help us to live in victory, not defeat. Help us to live with you as a a glorious Savior. Father, thank you for the riches that we have in you, and help us to not live as, as paupers, of thinking that we don't have anything when we have the riches of Christ. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen.